0: So, we continue our sermon series uh, on the five basic principles of this week, and uh, the title of our sermon today is You Are Good. Um, last week we talked about uh, God being all, and us seeing God everywhere in all things, in nature, in each other, just seeing God everywhere, and for some of us that kind of Push the envelope a little bit because we have to begin to see God in this new and different way. That God is not just riding on the cloud, granting wishes, but that we begin to see and have this expansive view of God in the world and in our lives. And so I wanna, I'm not going to push it all the way over the edge today, but I want to push us a little bit closer to the edge. <laughs> uh, today, uh, you know, uh, I have had the opportunity to be uh, your pastor and, and in, a, in a very intimate way, and to meet with several of you, and to counsel some of you, and cry with some of you, and pray with some of you, and. Um, You as an individual, constantly, across all of our stories and narratives, is that we have really truly um, bought into this idea that we are not actually good. And we don't realize it, but we 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 actually think that we are we're bad. We're sinful and wretched and only Jesus can save us and make us whole. Now, Jesus can save us and make us whole, but that work is done. So why don't we still play the tape in our head that we are bad, sinful, <laughs> wretches, or what about this tape? Something bad happens and the first thing we think is What did I do wrong with somebody? Why is God punishing me? Why is this happening in my life? And the truth is you didn't do anything wrong. It's it's just something called life. (laughs) I'm sorry, I have no special philosophical principle to teach you that it's just life. And life happens. But we are addicted to this notion that we are not innately good. We are addicted to this idea I' playing this video in the beginning where Matthew was talking about uh, nothing separates us from the love of God nothing can separate us from the love of God because what did we learn last week? God is all, and so we are expressing as God and expressing as God's love. So innately, whatever it is that you may have done or, oh, I should have done this, or, oh, God is free, whatever that is, that is a narrative that you are writing and that you are creating and it will be what it's going to be, but the truth that remains immutable is that you are good. And so, how do we begin to recover the image of God in my own as it has been said, and to understand that that very divine image of God is in us, that we also possess That same divine spark. During the baptism of Christ, the reading that uh, Joshua read, you know, it's that end where it says, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Some of us read that and we don't think, Oh, God means that about me too. We think that applies to Jesus. Only. That Jesus is the only one that God says, Oh, you are my beloved child and you in whom I am well pleased. But this is a message that has been passed not only in the gospel, but it has also been passed in other scriptures. What did it say in Isaiah? It said, You are precious and honored in my sight because I love you. You are good. You cannot be your failures and your faults. You cannot be your limitations. At your core, you are simply good. Because of how we were raised and our theology and our uh, thinking in our traditional churches. Uh, I've heard someone use the phrase fog before, and if I had to describe how we were raised, we were raised in the fog. We were raised to believe in the fog. We were raised to be addicted to the fog. What's the fog? Fear, obligation, and guilt. I'm afraid I can't do this because I don't know how, I'm afraid if I take this risk, this is going to go wrong. I'm afraid to live up to my dreams. I'm afraid to be intimate with someone. I'm afraid to go to church and connect in community. I'm afraid to get on the highway so I drive on the roads. I'm afraid to engage in any particular way. I'm afraid to stand up for justice. I'm afraid to speak my mind. I'm afraid to believe that my life could be anything other than what my parents taught me. It could be because this is all there. I just afraid, 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 and then it is on top of that. We throw on that. Well, there's a list of sins. You got to be afraid of those too. I know I can get at least seven hundred and eighty-five. <laughs> the point being is that if we got to take all this time to focus on the list, then we live in that fear continuously. And what I am saying is, is that if we truly believe—I want to talk to my good conservative Christian who are in here—if you truly believe that. There You got to believe that you are good. Yes. You can't keep track of your sins. You cannot keep track of your sins. Your mind just cannot do it. So you got to release and let go. What did they say in AA? Powerless, surrender to another power. You are powerless when it comes to keeping track of your sins and your faults. You have too many. So do I. But we can live into the reality that we are created and designed good. What about obligation? I lived with a a whole lot of that. And I went through a whole lot of treatment to learn how to let go of obligation. Everybody wants to obligate you to something. Everybody wants you to show up for them in a particular way, but they don't show up for you in that particular way. Everybody, everybody wants to obligate you uh, for something. And, and if you don't get past your fear, and then even the fear of missing out, because that's another one, FOMO, the fear of missing out, if you don't get past those fears, then you won't fall prone to being obligated to some mess. You don't need to be obligated to. And the whole reason the obligation becomes a commitment is because there's a the tape that says, I am not good. I need this thing. I need these people in order to complete me, to make me whole. No, you are already good. You do not need that obligation if you have decided the obligation and the goodness that God has created you to create in this world. The only obligation you need is the obligation which you live into your good And if you're anything like me, you, you can probably tell the date, the time, how it happened. Hmm. You're still hurt by it. Still can't get over it. Still wallowing in it. That's guilt. And the simplest solution is, it's done. That doesn't sound profound, but... It's done. What has happened has happened, and whatever that thing was, going back again to a practical principle, you are good. You are not your failure. You are not your fault. You are good. Marcus, to tell you, I have released a good five people out of my life, family, who decides to bring up my failures at every turn. See, I'm gonna get out of the bucket. You can stay in the bucket if you want to. But don't remind me about what life was like in the bucket. It was the bucket and hanging out with you that caused me to fail. And while you may also be good, and I respect the divine image of God on you, I can also respect the fact that I am not going to be aligned with my guilt and the past of what has happened in my past, but I'm also going to respect the fact that the good in me is not aligned with the good in you at this point. And so you certainly on your highway, And I'm going to journey on, my holiday is good, and respect you as you go on your way. But I've got to get out of the fog in order that I can live into my best and higher purpose and so that I can see the divine image of God that is on me and that is on my life so that I can say, I am good. And it's not about just saying this is who I am, that my identity is good. It's also about being able to kick back and say on the couch and watching watching TV, you know what? I am good. I am all good. Marcus asks me, something, you not worried about me? Nope, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. That's fear, that's obligation, that's guilt wrapped up in the thing that you want me to get wrapped up in. I am good. I am not going to get wrapped up in it. When Israel was going through their trials in our scripture today, the prophet Isaiah says, and he declares these words for God. He says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. All of the fear and the obligation and the guilt and all of the things that try to lay over us and keep us down from realizing that we are good, it's not God's intention. God wants us to see that through all of that, we can walk through it. Through all of that, we can survive. Through all of that, we are still good no matter the circumstances. The image of God resides in us. The spark of of the divine resides in us. Some might say, oh, this is controversial. There's no way. Jesus was the only one that was human and divine. what saying. This I do, but you shall do greater things. As my mom would say, ain't that what the Bible said? This I do, but you will do greater things. We cannot do those greater things without being both human and divine. Why is there so much trouble in the world? Why people can't, even, why we can't do this and, and lay in on people and this is doing and this and that? Why we can't do all these things? I will simply say, evolution. At one point, we didn't even know how to read. At one point, there was no language. Can you imagine the first humans, not of Eve, I'm talking science now. The first humans, no language, nothing. Would you, could you imagine that they would even think that we would be driving on highways and have electricity in homes. Think of how advanced they would think what we do is magic. And so the good of who we are and the fullness of our divinity and humanness has not yet reached its potential. But in each generation, we are called to raise up that potential and to show it more and more and more. Imagine 2,000 years from now. If we keep plastic straws out of the ocean. Hmm. Imagine 2,000 years from now. What will they be doing that we will be absolutely amazed? What kind of thinking will they have when they're able to just think their way into healing and wholeness? <coughs> There's already studies about how your <coughs> mind can heal your body. Imagine the magic we're gonna think that they will be doing in the future because we're just 2,000 years from now, primitive. We are good. I'll leave you with these five words today to just say that You're not your indiscretions. You're not your bills. You're not your job. You are not your mental Difference. You are not your weight. I know I'm not. I don't lose all this. I'm working. I was walking out early, and I was like, well, "I'm bothering a little bit." You are not your weight. You are not your condition. You are not what they said about you. You are not your sickness. You're not all of the failures. You're not all of your faults. You are not your family dysfunction. You are not even your political party. You are not your race. You are not your country. You are God's own, created in God's image, designed by God to be good and to be divine. You are good. No matter what the report card says, no matter what the bank account says, no matter what address you live at, no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what happens in your house, no matter what happens on the job, no matter what happens in school district week, you are good. You have no limitations. God is all and you are good. And you may say, well, preacher, you know, that sounds like an easy, simple message and I just, you know, uh, I get it, you know, God is everywhere, okay, and I'll try to work with that. Stuff you know what they're good too. And then decide, I am to respond or not? Because I feel good right now, so I don't know if I want to <laughs> This is why I post much, because I see stuff and I'm like, you know what, I'm good. <laughs> and they're good. When the work problem happens, you're not that conditioned. That's not who you are. Just tell yourself, I'm good. The only way to get rid of the fear and the obligation and the guilt is to rewrite over the tape. And the only way to rewrite over the tape that plays in your mind and in your ongoing self-defeating narrative is to repeat something to yourself that is different from the tape that is playing. That thing that's practical to do is to tell yourself I'm good. Your biggest test for this week, and I want you to let me know next week, is if you can get to work every day this week (laughs) without cursing somebody out, (laughs) without throwing up a bird, and to say, I'm good. And if you fail to test this to tell yourself, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm still good. I'm still good. I will try again tomorrow. I will not live in guilt because I flipped that lady off. <laughs> or do like me get tinted windows. <laughs> 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 That's why I won't put pastor or whatever anything. Amen. That is the word of God today. Do you God all receive it. it? Amen. <laughs>